0: Welcome back to Set the Table. I am John, and with me as always is Jack. How's it going, eh? And it is Friday, November 20th. Uh, It is 4.25 and 38 seconds Eastern Standard Time, and this is episode 23, in which we are going to talk about evil characters. And...
1: It should be a lot of fun because I really enjoy playing playing evil characters, and I don't mind GMing evil characters.
0: Yes, I I have. So we we normally record the shows on uh, Thursdays. It is Friday today because uh, I had a pretty garbage long day yesterday, and despite being frustrated at humanity, it did not seem an appropriate time to talk about evil characters because I would have just been rambling about how much I hate people. So (laughs) um, now I can be productive about it at least and talk about evil characters in hopefully a learnable sense. But before we get into all of that, Um, We have some recaps to do, because uh, last time we had, uh, we talked bards last episode with our second ever guest, my friend James Kiernan. Uh, If you missed it, I recommend going back to it and giving that a listen, that's episode 22. Um, But tonight we're going to talk evil characters, but we didn't do recaps last time, so let's go ahead and do that now. Do you want to do 5e or 7c first? So I'll my my five E so
1: in, in the interim uh my five E adventure finished. Uh I think I talked a little bit about it because that was the bard that I was playing. Um and the first bard I had played since the nineteen eighties. Uh so yes. Um Dalrea the Smurf Neblin evil bard, evil character, um uh, finished up her, her story. She, um, attacked the town guard, burned down, um, the records for, for, uh, the, the town kind of just lit, lit a whole bunch of fires, caused a whole bunch (laughs) of chaos and melted away into the underdark, uh, where she can live out her life the way she wants to,
0: um, sounds pretty perfect which, for her which
1: is basically she's uh she's the Eartha kit of of a uh, of a couple of uh speakeasies she does some singing she does some uh real estate deals and she minds her own business and and that's kind of that's what she was after all along um and she only had to hurt I don't know 50 60 150 people to get there
0: nice so what do you so if you're not if you're done with Dolrea, what are you? Are you still? Because you play Mondays. Are you guys? You you guys switch DMs? We know that. Yes. Yeah, so that Are you sticking with Five E or? N- oh no, you're running. No, uh, the the Monday group. Seventh C with them. The now. Monday group is now running my Seventh
1: C adventure. Um, uh, the painter and the, the pirate.
0: Painter and the pirate. Yeah. He's actually had two sessions.
1: Um, nice. And it was, it's, it's been really, really well received. Uh, we, they, we, that was this, the seventh C game that you and I and, and, uh, Kristen have been running as a, as a play And and Callie. I'm sorry, Callie. Um, no, it's okay. And so I wanted to run it again. Um, you know, we, we ran through, it was good. You guys enjoyed it. It was a fun story to GM. Um, but one data point is not statistically significant. Uh, no, and and this Monday night not group is all. very different. Uh, yeah, they're, they're very. You've played with them, so you know that they're very kind of uh, linear and direct and active. Um, they're
0: really good at making decisions, yes. which is so different from my group. <laughs> um, but yes, so 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 they started. Um, um, they, yeah so we talked a little bit about the 7c adventure when we were running it yes what have they done differently so the hook you guys
1: used the inquest as the hook the the giving testimony about seeing pirates um they I with them I used the um the school guard hassling the maestro while he's drunk hook uh nice. and, and that just brought them right into like why is this guy beating up this old man? And and it just brought them right into the story. And perfect. Um, they have, uh, they've already set set sail with the pirate hunter. So that was the other thing that they did that your your group didn't. Um, yeah, they we went to the that. inquest. So so we still did the inquest as a dramatic scene, but it was a little bit different because they had they already knew the maestro and they already had known what was going on. So during the inquest, they signed up to sail with Captain Taffani, and then we had this Gross. amazing sea battle, um, and the the pirates almost beat the the pirate hunters. The party split for a little a little bit, and I had to do a little hand wavy um, to get them back together. Um, a, sure, a, a little creative oceanography with currents <laughs> and. Um, but it, it wasn't bad. Uh, we haven't done anything that's been really, uh, we haven't violated causality. Like, oh, you fall off the ship in the middle of the ocean and you, you know, a, a narwhal grabs you and sails, you know, swims you to shore. We had, I didn't have to do sea anything. turtles, mate, sea turtles. Yeah. I didn't have to do anything weird or <laughs> like Um, but it's, it's been very good. And, and the, they also really enjoy the story. Um mm. and I'm I'm not sure if it's the the father daughter mix or the boarding school Harry Potter feel I'm not sure what makes people uh connect with the story but I'm really glad that both groups uh really did connect with the story
0: Yeah it's cool that you've written it in a way that it enables people to engage with the story in a way that makes sense for their their characters and how their... how that particular, you know, instance of the story would lay out based on the people who are involved in it. Because, like, if you... We've, we've compared 7C to Pirates of the Caribbean a lot, and I, I think that that's a pretty sound, understandable, common thing that we can use. Um, It would be as if you switched Jack Sparrow with... um. Oh, shit, who's the guy from Spaceballs, the the captain? Oh, Lone Star. Yes, it would be like if you switched Jack Sparrow with Lone Star, where, like, the story is still going to be remotely the same, but the way they go about things is going to be pretty different, and the mannerisms and little gags and jabs that happen along the way are going to be very different. But, like, ultimately, those are two pretty chaotic good characters, and I, I think the story would end up, mostly the same um and we'll find that out in terms of the painter and the pirate but i yeah i know that that group is very different from me Kristen, callie and it'll be interesting to hear more about the differences as we go along because we we recapped our playthrough of that yeah um back in episodes like i don't know it's probably like 16 through 20 or so sure i can probably go back and find out but if you've been listening for a while you, you'll your, probably know and remember. they already know the, yeah.
1: the thing that was really interesting and then let me i'll share this with you and then we tell me about your 5e is that yep,
0: we've yeah we've been here a
1: while archetypes there are sim, very similar <laughs> archetypes um dan is playing an urser uh jenny courtier
0: okay we had we, we had a, a savage Jenny in our group
1: as well yep yeah. so so and 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 she has magic so a magical Jenny um and Dylan is playing a uh high March pugilist like a fighter so so kind of nice. the Kristen style punch punch you know punch him up yep uh, yeah
0: she was a little more brawny, but still th- there's a couple of we, th-
1: this group is bigger uh, so there's there's a there's a mm. privateer doctor, a ship's doctor um, which is there's your Hamish kind of kind of a Hamish but more um more medical and less m- religious more medical and less religious yeah way less religious <laughs> yeah and then an artillery officer and so we, we, there's some additional players oh and a priest and, and a full-up um, oh sure, uh, there's priest. your name. So so it's it's a larger cast of characters, but it was interesting to see that out of the pre-gen characters they picked archetypes directly that that had already played through the story once. I was like, oh, I wonder how this is gonna work.
0: <laughs> so some- I think if you played it more times, you'd find that those are similar archetypes for people. Just like based on the way that you describe the the system especially for first-time players like you're gonna have somebody who wants to be the puncher somebody who wants to be kind of magic in a world where magic isn't very common there's your your classic triad the the classic triad of rpg classes you have your puncher you know rogue you've got your wizard and then you've got your swordsman soldier type fighter yeah warrior yeah there you go yep so how's 5e going um. Well, let's I don't know. Let's stay in the 7C lane for a hot minute and just cover ours really quick. I think we're gonna be hearing more about 7C in general since now you're playing in that, and we will be recapping two 7C games and one 5E game instead of the other way around. Um. So in our 7C game, um, we are getting to the. I think we're getting close to the end of the third chapter. Um, I, th- I I would put you at the middle maybe, point. Maybe ha- halfway? Halfway. Ooh, okay. I, think, I, think I like that half- it's halfway, because two felt very quick, and this one, I, I like the pacing of this one better than two. Um,
1: we, we were, you, you and I were struggling with two, because your character just didn't care about the yes. story. Yes. <laughs> so, well,
0: they did, they just didn't care for the fluffy parts of the story. They right. wanted the real meat. Right. Anyway, anyway. Um, so part three. My though... character Hamish hatched a brilliant plan to deal with where we're at, and I'm not going to talk about it in detail because I don't want to spoil it for any of your party who might listen to the show. Um, but he had a plan. He changed the plan halfway through and totally bungled it. And so hopefully we're on the right course afterwards. But but we'll find out. We we got out of a fight through indirect and non-intentional means. And we ended on one hell of a cliffhanger, by the way. Congratulations for that. Where we don't know if the person we were trying to save is alive or dead or gone or what. So, yeah, uh, kudos to you for that.
1: And, and, And we successfully navigated a time travel
0: storyline we need to do a time travel episode i'll put that on the list because i on have the list. things as, to say as about GM, that
1: it is super hard um to do and 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 i mean i've i've read a lot of the gurps time travel source books like i'm this this is not my first rodeo for time travel um it's just not It's easy. hard. It's hard to do really that.
0: no, it really, really is.
1: Um so it,
0: much so that I just wouldn't even touch it.
1: Yep. And and I actually the way the module is written, it is not a time travel adventure.
0: Uh, right. We talked about that a little bit post-show. Post-show. Well, post show. Post show. Well, post session.
1: Post yeah, it was it was not supposed to be a time travel thing. Um but it's seventh C and that's kind of where the, the story led me, um, you know, some, sometimes you get to write your story and sometimes the, the story brings you places. And that's Wherever when you know it that it's like. a really good story and you're really being creative is when you you surprise yourself. You look at the page and go, mm. oh, my God, how did this happen? <laughs> um, and, and that's so we, we did. We got into a time travel. the The party, the heroes went back in time. Um, the way the module is is written, the the village is impossible to find unless you've already already been there. Um, and I was
0: oh. and
1: I was trying to figure out a way of getting you there. Um,
0: oh, the ah! Oh, I get it now. Wow!
1: So so we
0: had time travel back so that we had been there before and could visit it.
1: Now you can visit the village again. Yes.
0: So I I. I I I have a question, but I will save it until after your current group makes it through it so that I don't spoil anything. We and, also should move on. Yeah. Yep. So um, last I had updated, my party was in a dungeon crawl, uh, pretty classic, uh, that they got to from a X marked on a map uh, that their warlock, the party warlock's patron, gave to them. Um, so they finished their way through the dungeon. Um, they smoked a boss that I made that was kind of, kind of home not entirely. Uh, I went off of a Mindflayer Scion and I buffed it by like two challenge ratings and then gave it some extra abilities too. Um, and they just swept the floor with that thing. So uh, they beat their way through the dungeon. Um, The newest player to join, one of my longtime friends, Doug, uh, he's been playing with us for like two months now, maybe? Um, He, his character, got his magical quest artifact item. Um, And I've talked about these before. At some point, probably after this whole campaign is done and all of these characters retire, uh, at least six months, if not another year, I will release the magical quest artifacts to the public on the blog. Um, But basically, they are special magical items that get bonuses and unique features when they level up. And each of the items have a particular type of level up experience that is earned a specific way by the character who has the item. So, uh, James, who was on last time, uh, is playing Connie the Bard he has a very very cool sword called the song of freedom that gains experience whenever he spends charges of his bardic inspiration Um and and so all of the items are, are sort of like that and so this fighter got his crossbow called gadget and he is a indiana jones based fighter so he's like a crossbow and a whip and is very history archaeology oriented that's his background um, and so he got a it's a crossbow called gadget that has these mod slots to them and I wrote this like four or five page Google Doc that has all these mods on it, it it's brilliant and I am looking forward to sharing it um, but they so they finished the dungeon he got the item um, they they found out that the Xs on the map that the warlock had gotten all lead to um, these ida these parts of a magic item called Fragments of the Ewer, and they are pieces of broken pottery that all fit together to form the Ewer of the life giver, which is uh, a deific divine artifact that was shattered thousands of years ago because mortals weren't making good use of it and the god was cheesed. Um, But now they're starting to find pieces of it again for other story reasons. God, I feel like I could talk about our our adventure forever, but um, basically they made it back to the city that they were near, and now they're plotting for next steps. And I am have been trying to sort of speed up their progression through the adventure. Um, and I don't, I don't, I could go into that more because I feel like if you're a new DM and you hear somebody say, "Well, I want to speed up the adventure," like, what does that mean? Um, that's not really the topic tonight i don't know if that is a topic on its own or not a pacing topic like pace story pacing, pacing and, and yeah Let yep me, there you go that could I that mean, should be that should be its own episode
1: that or it could we could fold it into some kind of like story, story management or and campaign like management
0: rp tips yeah because a lot of it comes down to my my party rp but they take like i said like your your group is very good at coming to decisions and like just doing something just to try something so that they're not just standing there talking and my group likes to discuss things a lot so anyway that's our recap I know we had a lot to recap from a couple of weeks now but uh, there it is so let's get into the bulk of the episode now evil characters um and we have to start with defining evil because Good and evil are entirely subjective. like I will say that authoritatively that good and evil are subjective, subjective. Um, but I think for the sake of the episode, we should stick to the traditional like judeo-Christian definitions of good and evil, which is unfortunate, but um unless we want to be here for four hours while I talk about what good and evil means, then, and, and we, we debate because
1: I, I have I, I think there are specific so I think there are behaviors or attitudes or actions that are um, contrary to the human condition.
0: Which is interesting, but just just and 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 there are there are
1: precious few. Um, I, I think genocide, um, is, is one of those things like if if I am in a group of humans, whatever that group is, right, pick, pick a social group, any social group. And I go... What do,
0: what do you mean by a social group? Well, like people who like tennis or yes. gamers? Yeah. No, no. Or so so like let's say I, I am a people? fan of tennis,
1: and I get a group of people who also enjoy tennis, and we say people who who enjoy baseball... Are consuming too many acres that we could use for tennis courts. We need to murder absolutely everyone who enjoys the sport of baseball. Okay. okay. Yes, I think that is that is fu- a fundamentally evil. It's it it, and I don't like using the word evil. Um, no, I think that's that okay.
0: Is it is right that it's it is selfish the,
1: and illogical. Yes, selfish and and I put that on here like hedonistic. Horribly selfish oh, self-centered, Well, and end justifies the means. Like, I can do anything oh. I want to achieve my... Like, I, I wish I had a million dollars. So that means I can run around a city Grand Theft Auto style with a crowbar and hit people and take their cash until I have a million dollars. And I don't care who so, I'm hurting, and I don't care... So that's that's... When I say evil, that's the kind of mindset that I'm that I'm talking about.
0: Alright. It's probably a little bit too close to home, but I will disagree with the, the There's there's a little bit of, of selfish it's you know what? No, I'll I'll leave it alone. It's it's too polarizing. Um for the most part, I agree that things that are very self-centered and compassionless are relatively evil. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really, really going to try not to have this be a philosophy episode, but I feel like as we talk about it more, I'll have to explain some of my my psychology background and how that's influencing what I'm thinking here. But I will try not to do it as much as I can. We will go off of a very typical definition of good and evil.
1: I mean St St Gary provided us with the alignment chart, right? So
0: yes, but again that's based off right so like if so here here let me let me give you an example, right? Okay. And this is very very like uh not personal but like inside joke kind of. So so Jack is a huge fan of Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. Now, if you ask an average Disney consumer who the good character is, and who the evil character is in Sleeping Beauty, most people will tell you that the good character is the prince and the fairies, and the evil character is Maleficent. Now, Jack, would you like to explain why Maleficent is not evil? So, I I, well, we have two live-action
1: movies that explain why she's not evil. Um, Right, but did... So, dis- but disregarding
0: bef- those for a second, just based on that, the, the topic,
1: I, I, I look at Maleficent, and I don't. We don't know her backstory, right? She, she is. This is a 1950s, 1960s, um, you know, good versus evil parable fairy tale. So she was already coined the wicked fairy, um, but she was not invited to the wedding, to the to the christening, right? She was. Mm -hmm. Socially snubbed and she is a noble. So she was socially snubbed. She shows up. She says she's going to give a gift and everyone reacts in this negative prejudiced way. Like, (gasps) you can't, you know, they, 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 the, the cheater fairies, Flora, Fauna and Meriwether throw their bodies in between Maleficent and Aurora. Like Maleficent is going to hurt the child. But She didn't say, I'm going to give a gift that hurts the child. She says, "Oh no, I'm not offended that you didn't invite me, but I'm here to bestow a gift. And then everyone freaks out. So, Right. If you we just, don't know
0: what the gift might have been if
1: they didn't freak out. If they had said, wow, you know, we were really bad and we're super appreciative that you're going to give a gift, it might have been something really nice, but we don't know yeah. that. Um, and then if we look at... So then she does bestow the revenge right she she's hurt and emotion and emotionally damaged so she does something not particularly nice to aurora um but then if you look at the behavior it's a conflict they they turned her pet raven to stone they murdered her
0: pet So, I I don't want to get too far into it, but I feel like, at this point, we have a decent understanding that even people who believe in the classic, like, pretty Christian-inspired definitions of good and evil can have some understanding and sympathy and compassion for characters who are painted as evil, but are often not given the chance to explain. Right. So... With all of that in mind, I feel like we can have this discussion and have that little bit of doubt sown about what is good and evil. Yes. And have things not be truly concrete. Well and that's... that's a good... You made a comment there that we don't really know her backstory, which brings me right into my first point. And I, I want to talk about evil for the sake of players first, and then we'll round out the show with evil for the sake of DMs. Sure, But... If you're starting an evil character, I think that your backstory is much more important for an evil character than a good character. And I feel like your comment about, oh, we don't know her backstory, but we know the prince's backstory. He grew up tutored and riding horses and being taught to fence. And then when he was 16, he was told he could marry this princess, so he goes to visit her. And then on her 18th birthday, he finds out that she's incapacitated and he goes to save her, right? Like, we know his story. But like you said, we don't know Maleficent's. Right. And so if you are a player writing or starting to think about or making a character sheet for an evil character I think that your backstory is way more important for you than for a good character being that you know good is sort of the expectation and being evil means that you are an outlier and so you have to have something unique or different about you that made you that way so so I'm
1: I'm actually going to take a step back from that. I agree with you that a backstory is important. Um I, I think it's important for some races. Some some of the races, that's very important. And other races, Drow, Yuan T.
0: So um, so are you, you're 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 speaking like five E Yes. Like so, Forgotten Realms canon?
1: Yes. So,
0: okay. so it's important looking, to note. If you're looking
1: at a traditionally evil race drow elves for example
0: are a tra- in canonical 5e right. specifically cuz dark elves drow and other things are not always painted as evil uh they're chaotic evil in
1: starfinder and pathfinder um but yeah so I'm so yeah if you open up the the player's handbook or you open up the monster manual um and it says this race is traditionally this alignment in 5e or Pathfinder or Starfinder or or your d d any of your yes. D&D style within games, your canon, um, then I, I think you're just playing. You're playing the role. Um, for me, as a player and as a as a GM, if someone wants to pursue an evil character, um, the the first question, the first thing I think about is what's my motivation as a player for playing this character?
0: I think that goes hand in hand with backstory, well, but you, you're, you're right. You, you inf- want to know why you want to do it as a person first, right? right. That's and, what you mean? And that informs
1: the backstory for, for yes. me, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to play this person, and I, I want to play this person, and I want to play a redemption story. Like, I'm starting out bad, and I want to become good. Um or I'm playing, and I, I know I put this way down in the at the end of the show notes. Reasons for doing an evil character, right? The redemption story, um, sure. Fun,
0: like I, yeah. I don't that, that's that we can we can talk
1: about that now because that's so, that's a little more relevant. So I don't want to be held by social norms, and and I that's the other bullet I have in there is um,
0: where'd it go? Um, I moved it up. Sorry. Oh, fun okay. and alternate perspectives. Right. So
1: so I you know. Every day I, I go to work, I go to school, I follow the rules, you know, I'm, I'm a generally good person. Um, I would like to, when I'm role playing, I'd like to be something different, right? I'd like to do some kind of personal exploration or, you know, mm. would I be comfortable with that? Yeah, also... a lot
0: of the, the research around role-playing games, we find that people tend to play characters that either mirror their personalities and desires in real life. So if you're a police officer, maybe you'll be more likely to play a paladin who's lawful and good, um, or you play the opposite. And so I, I think in... Most of the people who play evil characters are probably playing the opposite. Like, oh, would I, would I be comfortable with that? Could right. I be evil if I wanted to be? Yeah. Yes. Um, I I totally agree with the. I I really like that you said experiment because it triggered the it, word association. I thought exploration and expect just ex words. Right. Um, my evil care. I I you played. You know. So so let's. I think we could talk about it generally for like literally days. Um, for the sake of listeners, um, I think we should could use specific examples from our characters and let that be like a, a template more than trying to write the outline because the outline is infinite, right um, sure. so why so we we've heard about Dolrea in last episode as the bard and throughout several episodes, like, basically the whole time we've been doing the show. Right. Um, Like, getting updates for her. What was your impetus for playing the evil... Well, no, because we talked about that, too, when you... Like, last episode, we covered Dolrea was the accountant for a drow house, and she was evil anyway. So See, let's, go, well, way let's okay. go way back. Let's go way back. Because we, we introduced, and you've talked about Quandor Zalvir a couple of times... Um, being the drow cavalier character that you played whose house Dolrea served. So once so he would, died, you played Dolrea. So, so, so that would be uh, Sir
1: Quandor Cisprina Zavir of House Zavir, late of Chednazad. Get the title right human there you go all right (laughs) so
0: that guy right that guy that guy was the the first evil character that you played in your monday group as far as the show knows
1: so and that it was the first evil character i played um he's okay (laughs) he's he's a drow noble male um and as as the listeners know i really enjoy the books of r.a salvatore um And I wanted to play a drow. I love the cavalier class, but I didn't want to play, um, and also Drist. Yep. Right. Okay. Um, and so I started thinking about, I started thinking about backstory. I started thinking about why I wanted to play a character. And then I just, I, 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 the, the question hit me what, what if Drist Dwarden was the, Archetypal drow male noble. What if what if he was you know, pick your other drow from from the stories? Um
0: Zacnaphine.
1: well, Zach Nafine, his father is also good, right?
0: Um <laughs> Well, how don't you say pick another Drow male like uh Jarlaxel. He's also good, right? He's well he's neutral. Uh, yeah, he's definitely more neutral. He's, he's neutral. <laughs> Um, he d- he does whatever suits him.
1: Yeah, no, there's but but that that archetypal like I I am the first or second son in a drow house. I'm following the social norms of drow society. What would happen if someone like that was forced to the surface? And so um That's cool and, as shit. And 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 that's and that's how it started. Um so I wanted to play the archetypal drow male, which is a chaotic evil. He worships Lolth like he, he was in the religion.
0: Oh, he uh, is all about the spiders.
1: Yes, all about spiders, all about serving the matron mother. G- and he Give gone. him that thorax. <laughs> and, and in his backstory, um, he said something uh, sassy in court in front of the females. And so the matron mother slaps him and says, you're not going to embarrass me like that for a hundred years. You're banished to the
0: surface. Nice. Um, I have to make a brief amendment. Thornton would give me shit for this if he hears the episode, but spiders apparently don't have a thorax. It's called a cephalothorax. A cephalothorax, so, okay. Sorry, Thornton. <laughs> so so
1: that was, and, and and that's what started this whole thing. It's like, you know, Dr- Drist is cool and exciting, and, mm. and I have a soft spot for Artemis and Triri um yeah yeah uh and and again we if you read enough of the books you learn his backstory there's a reason why artemis no, i know, i know is the way he is um yes. and so i had that idea and that's how sir quandor cisprina severe cisprina is a female name by the way it was meant to embarrass him his middle name yes we, um i got it and uh and so that that's how this all started. And then it just when I was role playing him, I and we this we'll talk about this later. um, I role played him as chaotic evil, not chaotic, stupid.
0: Yes, that is a big point, but we'll wait to get there. Um, um, but that's and and so that's
1: that's why I always when when someone's like, "Hey, I, I have this idea for an evil character. It's like, so why do you?" human player at my table wish to play an evil character now we've been talking a lot of 5e and a lot of Feyrune and 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 that kind of stuff but there are well other... that's just
0: because you've been talking drow yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go figure <laughs> i'm
1: talking drow um, yeah right the Big listeners are used there. to that <laughs> but if you think about other systems like vampire the masquerade
0: mm-hmm. right um, oh, well, so that that is so that is a philosophy episode. <laughs> well, so so but in
1: vampire and and I put werewolf in there too. Um, you know, if if I'm playing a red talon werewolf, or if I have a if I'm playing a game where a group of red talons, a a pack of red talons, are going to tear down um, a fracking installation. Um, their actions are going to be uh, anti-social and anti-human.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I, I, in my mind, I kind of lump that into evil characters because. Um, and for the listeners who aren't aff- uh, acquainted with Werewolf the Apocalypse, the Red Talon uh, tribe are werewolves who are born as wolves. Uh, they spend almost their entire life fighting um, for Gaia and trying to stop global warming and industrialization, and 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 they they're they're the horrific werewolves that will just shred a human being for no good reason. Like you're a human and you're on my territory, I kill you. Um, Sounds like my kind of werewolf. It and and that kind of game is fun. <laughs> Well, right. Well, so that's, are you trying to posit that that is evil? I I think that the behaviors and and this goes, and this kind of loops back to my session zero conversation, but yeah, because look, I'm a, I'm, I'm a union guy. I'm a union backhoe driver. I got two kids and a house in the burbs and this is a government contract and I'm just running this backhoe.
0: And, right, but you're contributing to the death of millions of people. Like, how is that not evil in the beginning? But, but I, so. Because it's not, because you aren't directly ripping them apart, it's okay? Like. I, I think, I, I think there's
1: a, so for me, and again, we're getting into philosophy. There, right. there is
0: a. We knew we were going to have a little bit of it.
1: There's a culpability aspect here. Like. I I go through school. I get my my CDL. I'm, you could do so many things I'm with a CDL. Operate, it's not I,
0: even funny. But I,
1: but I got a job, right? I got a job. I like the people that I'm working with. I, I drive, like I drive a dump truck from point A to point B, and I work for the company. I, just, I don't. And I just, I, I mean, so, so I I wonder. Is it fair? So here's the question I ask, and this is a philosophical question. I don't have a good answer. Is it fair to take that person and hold them responsible for a much larger, like if I'm a cog in a machine.
0: Okay. All right. I, I, have, I have the answer because you and I have had, this, this is getting a little personal, but I'm okay going there. Okay. You and I have had discussions in the past about my feelings about work. Right. And my opinion is that we are all slaves because your options are to work or to starve to death. Now, your argument when I talk about that is that work is a choice and you choose what job you want to do. So, uh, yes. if that worker made the choice to do that work that he knows is damaging the environment and causing the deaths of millions of people and animals worldwide, he is totally responsible. Using your own logic, okay.
1: And and so, and, and I, I that I jives don't want to get too the,
0: far, but
1: that jives with the roofer story from clerks, right? You know, a roofer picks his jobs,
0: right? With his like, heart. Uh, so so can
1: the roofer on the desk st-
0: exactly.
1: Yes. Okay, so so I I I will concede that point. So we can move on. Perfect.
0: Yeah. So obviously, throughout all of this, like the big takeaway is that it is. Evil is very subjective, and like ultimately, you should have a discussion in your session zero about like what that what alignment means to your party, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about discussing evil in session zero here shortly. um Are, aren't we there? You now? have well, no, because <laughs> you you have swung me in that I, I had said that I thought backstory was where you start, and you said, well, no, you start with the question of why do you want to play an evil character and backstory comes from that. And you have definitely swung me. Um, as I'm thinking about my own evil care, I have two that I'd like to just introduce. Um, Osric, who the, I, I had mentioned, uh, we talked about him at the end of the show one time because I was struggling with playing him as evil in the group that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Osric Varnum was, it, well, yeah, was, I guess. He's dead now. Um, was a Oathbreaker... Uh, chaotic evil paladin that I had played in my friend Thornton's game which was just a, an off game that we were playing whenever people couldn't make it to our main game so S uh... ostrich's I'll, I'll do the same thing you did with dolrea basically Ostrich's backstory was that he lived with his parents uh... in like the really poor part of uh... human capital city and He grew up always wanting to be a knight, and as soon as he could, he joined a group of paladins, and he studied really hard, and he became friends with these people, and he bought into all of their teachings, he followed all of their codes and all of their laws and rules and expectations, and he became this paragon of virtue. And the day after his, like, not coronation, like... Investiture? Is that what it's called? I was going to say ordaining, but...
1: Ordainment's for a priest. Investiture is when you, like, join an order.
0: Either or, right? Because priest, paladin, anyway, the day after he was confirmed a paladin, um, other higher-ranking paladins uh, rooted out his parents as being these smugglers of evil goods into the city, and he had to attend for it And watched them be hanged by all of these people who he had once thought were the people teaching him how to be good. And he was like, wait, you just hung innocents. This isn't good. I vowed to, to put an end to all of this. And he cast out his holy symbol, and he crushed it in the dirt under his boot, and he fled the city and swore revenge on all of the people who he thought were good, but who really acted out evil values. And so... I, if you haven't put it together yet, I'm a very philosophical and psychologically oriented person, and my characters that I play and introduce in my worlds tend to have very deep and psychological-based backstories. Um, And so this was Osric. He had faced this really intense trauma, and at his house, gathering his goods later, he was whisked away magically to this dungeon of this crazy wizard to, to play in Thornton's game. Um, and I, um, this kind of segues into our things to remember as you play and, like, grow alongside your character. Um, being evil doesn't mean being a jerk, and I don't think Ostrich was, but I also really struggled with the group calling him edgy. Because I feel like the, like, what do you, what do you understand that to mean? Because I had to ask my friends to clarify that for me. Edgy? Um, yeah. Like, oh, he's so edgy. I, I I don't know.
1: that That's more of like a, a TV, a, a fictional trope that the character that's well, it, always it kind of fiction. counterculture, not counterculture, but just kind of um cantankerous or contra a contrarian that's the c word that i'm looking for
0: sure uh, so my friends kind of described him as being like like things that are edgy or like emo and exaggerated for the sake of being exaggerated and i really struggled with that and i tried to explain to them but they're not like and i mean no offense to you guys if you're listening but they're not like the most emotionally intelligent people so mm-hmm. it, it was tough for me to explain, like, Osterik isn't an asshole. Like, he's faced intense trauma in his life, and that's why he is exhibiting these behaviors, right? And I, I come from a very psychologically educated perspective, and that makes lots of sense to me. But I, I know, like, a, a really common concept in psychology is the fundamental attribution error, where human beings tend to misattribute negative behaviors exhibited by other people where like if somebody cuts you off in traffic you might think ah he's a jerk but like maybe his mom died yesterday like maybe he has to maybe he's gonna have diarrhea like you have no idea what his life is so you shouldn't be attributing negative uh, reasons for his behavior and so like I I know that human beings tend to really struggle with properly attributing behaviors that they view as negative or adverse mm-hmm. and so it's really tough if you're a player playing an evil character and if you know why your character is evil like explaining that and have other characters and players and the dm like understand that to a point where you feel good playing the character because i almost like i almost talked to thornton and was like hey i just don't i, I want to switch characters and i did eventually but not Entirely because I was struggling with them, I wanted to explore a different character, but I was also struggling with the character fitting in with the group when nobody would take his backstory seriously. Right. So, uh, like, I don't think that evil means edgy, especially if you have a backstory. Like, you just have to make it known to your group that, like, your character's not a jerk, but they have faced adversity, or they have a, a revenge, they have a grudge, they have some sworn promise that they are going to hurt someone or do something bad. Like that That's part of why backstories were what I went to immediately, but sure. you know, thinking about why you want to play that character. Because I, I wanted to play Ostrich because I've never played an evil character seriously in a game before, Um I played like Miles in our DCC, and he was like chaotic, but he was like a chaotic comedy relief more than a chaotic jerk. So, sure. um, and yeah, I just it it's really it's tricky, and I would advise players who are looking to play evil characters to to have that discussion early on. And if if you'd like to add something before we go to DMS, please do.
1: No, well, that's that's session zero, right? And that and that. Yeah, this that's is, where we're moving. This is session zero. Talk to the people you play with, and and explain why you're playing this evil character. Yes, so that absolutely. They understand, and then talk with the, the your GM, uh, especially in session zero, um, to get things like PvP. Right? If I'm if I'm in a party. Uh, yeah. And this happened to me actually the this the flop happened to me. We were playing Curse of Strahd and people kept touching the there there are these sarcophagus <laughs> some kind yep. of amber statuary in the castle and if you touch it you can make a deal with a demon and get a power. And if you fail your charisma save, you slide towards lawful evil on the alignment chart. And my lawful good cleric of Muradon, who is a dwarf Said, "I'm not. This is not okay. Like you people need to stop touching those things. Like yes, those bat wings look fabulous on you, and it's really great <laughs> that you can fly. But this is not okay. Right? It is fundamentally evil. You what you're you are trading. You are you are damaging your eternal soul for per your cleric who is how lawful good. So power was all perspective." And, and, and so like, I am not going to heal. Like, so we got to the point. It wasn't PVP. My cleric didn't start fighting party
0: members. Um, no, but it was PV. It was player versus player behavior and intention. Like, and then when we got to the next big fight, people are like, Hey,
1: cleric, it's like, I don't heal minions of the devil.
0: (laughs) Right. which is it makes sense I don't know but but right. yes you you're going to encounter some party conflict I right. I have that in the notes a little later on
1: so so that's you know you have that's a session 0 discussion like okay if you're if you evil character if your behavior gets out away from the social norms we establish as a, as a group in game we are not going to support you like if the town Watch comes and says, Hey, who murdered these seven people and took all their stuff? It's like, uh, Larry did it. Oh, <laughs> Larry gosh, did it. Me out. Because, <laughs> Larry, in session zero, we said, uh, random murdering and thieving was not okay, and you Come got on, Larry, gone, so get we're with we're it, turning you over. Um, and then behavior limits, right? Because evil characters will do things that your group may not. Appreciate,
0: like touch the sarcophagus. Touch the sarcophagus. <laughs> <And> <laughs> no, I, sorry, I that's mean, not what you mean. I
1: I had the big ones on here, right? Rape, right? yes. murder, torture, mutilation of prisoners, theft of property, uh, forcible rape, that kind of stuff. Yep, right. And
0: that's we we've definitely talked about that before because in our session zero episode, that was. That's my, like, one hard and fast rule for any group is, like, absolutely no sexual violence. Like, it just, it, it might happen in the world, but there's no reason for us to go into it in the group. Like, right? your characters don't need to, that's not going to be a part of a story. I'm not going to put in a hook or any characters that your even evil characters are going to feel like that is necessary to progress or be good or do anything. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. Right. But anything else, like, if especially if we're playing evil characters, like, go for it, as long as it's not, like, gratuitous, I guess. Sure. Um, I think, uh, while we're on the, the session zero bit, um, and we, we've kind of transitioned from talking, like, sort of to players looking to play evil characters to DMs DMing groups with evil characters. Yeah. Um, as the DM or GM, you don't have to allow it, right? So, first of all, you could just say, hey, no evil characters, um it is way harder as a new dm to deal with evil characters uh even if it's a group full of evil characters because you're going to have to struggle to find really creative ways to make the story appealing enough to them that they won't find ways to break it because they're evil um and and like we sort of I, we were going to get to it you're going to be also especially if you're in a mixed alignment group, you're going to be dealing with a lot more conflict than you probably want to, and you could have just not allowed it. So, and, and, PvP...
1: And even and- I, when, I'm back to the bullet of yeah, all ahead. evil characters. It's not necessarily that they would break the game. It's that...
0: Oh, no, that's not what they're I meant. Sorry. Not,
1: the, the evil, an evil character who is self-centered or selfish... Self-motivated, hedonistic, whatever you, whatever label you want to put on it, right? Most modules, most stories are written from a perspective of, you know, um, the Neutral hero's journey, character. right? The hero, pick, yeah. Pick a trope, right? Pick a pick a fictional trope, and you know, this band of people are going to go do something for someone. Well, if I'm if I'm in it for num for me and and the Duke comes down and says, "Oh my gosh, you know, these these this mystical creature kidnapped my daughter. It's like, how much money's in your pocket? Well, oh, I've I've only got fifty gold. Yeah, I don't get out of bed for a thousand gold. You know, come back later. It's mm-hmm. it's not that you're breaking the game. It's that the the motivations of an all evil party are going to be different. Now there are some modules. I'm thinking, um, Pathfinder now." Like the Skull and Shackles.
0: Oh, sure. Well, you're pirates in that one.
1: Like, you're pirates. You could totally now you're supposed be an evil be, pirate. And and there are good... I mean, there's there's a lot of things that you do because someone needs help and you help them out. But yeah, you could play Skull and Shackles with an all-evil party. And and each of the things that you need to do in the adventure path will make sense for an evil party. Um it actually is harder in in that instance to play a fully lawful. Like I got two clerics and two paladins; they're all lawful good. It's like, yeah, that's that's gonna be a rough. rough
0: yeah, trip. I remember when you were trying to get me to play that, and I was like, well, can I play a paladin? And you were like, well, you can, but you're gonna have a bad time.
1: Because you're gonna get press ganged into a pirate ship, and if you don't comply with the pirates, they beat you up and throw you in the brig until you comply. <laughs>
0: Right, which I I would have spent the whole game getting beat up and thrown in the brick. Thrown so. in the brick, right? And it's like,
1: okay, so it's it's day seven. Okay, roll to take your that's, beating, done,
0: right? Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not gonna fight innocent people. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so,
1: but that's, but that, that, and I
0: yeah. I think it's important too. And it, we've, I will not get philosophical. Said I won't. Not gonna do it. However, because we were already talking about that a little bit, you could. Play a group of, you know, chaotic evil... I did air quotes, but you can't see. Chaotic evil... evil. Characters. Right. Evil. Um, and go around to cities overthrowing governments trying to make the world a better place. And because you're overthrowing governments, your DMGM party might agree that you are neutral evil or chaotic evil, but really you're doing it for what you believe to be good reasons. So there's a lot of, like, what... what Gosh, there's so much what does evil mean, um, especially in terms of, like, that pirates thing, because, like, J- Jack Sparrow, chaotic good? Chaotic neutral. Okay. Uh, nope, I-, I think he's good, because he's trying to overthrow corrupt regimes, and he is mostly in favor of keeping people alive. Um, he's got moments where he's selfish, but even in the moments where he has an opportunity to be more selfish, like where he like gets uh, shackled to the ship when the kraken comes, like he he does good things. So uh, yes. Anyway, but, we can agree on that, right? But, to, but you to could to also quote,
1: make a case that he's evil. So to, to quote Jack Sparrow himself, it seems that one good deed is not enough to exonerate a man. Yes. Right. There you go. He he saves Elizabeth, but then they still arrest him because he is a pirate.
0: Right. He's evil,
1: and he so, steals things, and he
0: yeah yeah wh- whatever.
1: whatever. <laughs> and and so yeah. No, I I see what you're saying. Um,
0: I'm just trying. I just want to restate it throughout the show that evil like good like all of your life, and this is like a deep psych point, but all of your life is based on your perception. Right? right? Like, the the table that my laptop is in, I think probably, like, 99.9% of human beings would agree that it is called a table, but it's not actually a table, right? Like, a table is just a thing we made up. So, life is a matter of perception and good and evil are just parts of that. But, that again, that's, like, a whole different thing. So, back to session zero. Um, new DM you don't have to allow evil and if it's your first time dming i would recommend that you just suggest that your party play good or neutral characters yes um if you do choose to allow it make sure that everyone is on the same page especially in terms of of like you said with with player versus player with, with pvp and with behavior limits um it may bequeath your party if you've got a neutral evil rogue and uh, lawful good paladin where your rogue's like, hey, I might you know, your, your rogue player in your session 0 is like, well I want to be able to steal things and break into places and your paladin's like, well, I wouldn't be okay with that, like before you even start playing, you know you're going to have to be dealing with conflict and player versus player stuff, so the rogue tries to go up to pick the lock and your paladin tries to grapple them like, you so so identify that in your Session Zero. If you do allow it, make sure everyone's on the same page. Again, if you're a newer DM, I would recommend nudging everyone to be evil or neutral if they do want to go that route. Um, and if you have good and evil in the same group, it's going to be tricky and be ready for that conflict. But um, that, that conflict can be fun. It can, but if you're a new DM, that is really challenging, especially it really if challenging. it's between your friends that you're playing with. Yes. Um even here here I have a a good little uh game example. Um all of the players in my game are neutral good, chaotic good. I think that's it. I think it's all neutral good or chaotic good. two-shoes. Um, I might have one that wants to be... I might have one lawful good, but yeah, yeah, they're a pretty good group, or neutral. And even in good and neutral, um, I, so Athorion, Thornton's warlock, and Connie, James's bard, and Katrana, Callie's druid. Those are the, the characters, right? Um, Athorion did some work in a town where he was friends with the mayor mayor has two sons aged like 16 and 11 he strolls through that town on the party's way to go do other things and finds out later on like a month or two later from the kids who escape and find their way westwards to find somebody who helps them connect with him that people from a neighboring kingdom have come in and murdered their dad and all of their dad's supporters who were the leadership in the town. And they want uh, Thorion to... He's a, a bounty hunter, so they're like, hey, we don't have much, here's like 10 gold, but please go revenge our dad. And Thorion was friends with their dad, so he was like, yeah, I'll go do it. And so the party goes, and they end up kidnapping him from his house, the the mayor, or well, the mm-hmm. new mayor, who's Mayor Venrin uh he was the one who they they did a bunch of questioning and investigation and they were very like well who's legally to blame here right my party likes to talk a lot so they did a lot of like well so who was legally in charge of the town well it was the old mayor and then these guys came in and killed them Yes, because they, like you guys before, came in and murdered the three gang leaders because the town used to be this ramshackle street and there were three gangs that sort of fought for supremacy and they came in, killed all the gang leaders and then just left. So the city put in this new mayor that they kind of, you know, agreed upon and then he was murdered by these other people uh, and these other people are Mayor Venren and his people. So they... Kidnap Mayor Venren from his house. They take him an hour out of the town into open plains. And with he is gagged and tied up. And they toss him into the field at midnight in the rain. And they begin to have a discussion about whether or not they're going to murder him. And it is this like hour and a half thing hmm. of my party talking about if they are comfortable killing this guy or not. And Athorion is like, well, yeah, I'm gonna kill him. He killed my friend and the the dad of of these two young boys who have now come for me for help. And Connie, the one who's like lawful good, is like, no, you can't just murder this guy. Like, but he murdered these other people. Well, right, but they weren't lawfully in charge of the town anyway. So even with good and neutral characters you may run into deep ethical debates. And as a DM, dealing with conflict between your players is very challenging. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an example of how even if you don't allow evil... I didn't disallow evil, but nobody in my group wanted... They all wanted the hero experience because that's what I'm known for running. So that being said, if, you had, if I had evil characters in that situation... They might have just killed him, and now everyone has to deal with that. That's kind of what happened. One of the, the neutral characters ended up just like... Uh, it was the, the rogue monk who used to be in the group Nana. Um, she slunk away into the shadows, rolled a 27 on her stealth check, and then rolled a crossbow attack to murder the guy. And sure. then he fell dead, and she ran away, and the group was like, well, shit. <laughs> and, and they talked about it for like another half an hour and in discord and to me privately after that happened like hey what are we going to do about this is this okay it's just a lot to deal with as a dm and adding evil characters into the mix can make all of that just that much more murky and cloudy and i realize i'm probably like swaying dms away from allowing evil characters but they they can be really good just give yourself Give yourself a game. Give yourself like six months of a game where you have neutral and good characters just so that you can get your feet wet and be ready at least to deal with some of these interpersonal quabbles. Because and, it's and not a the, DM skill. That's like a human skill and it's it's tough. It really is. It it can be. I mean my
1: my group with Dalrea, um, they, we we just got kind of into a we got into a rhythm where if something had to happen that was ethically questionable, um, you know that whole end justifies the means, right? Hey, if we kill this guy, we're gonna you know we got hired to do a job. The job is to protect this block of the town from these these bad guys. You show up and the bad guys are like, oh, you know we're, we're, we're just poor and starving. Or, you know, I'm a, I'm a rat druid and I really like rats and my neighbors keep killing my rats. And it's like, well, your neighbors keep killing your rats because they're spreading disease. So, you know, this is your one warning. Don't do it again. And he did it again. So like we gave him a warning. Um, and so that was, you know, Del Rey was like, I warned the guy. He didn't follow my instructions. He's dead. And they're like, um we're not really sure that's a good idea and it's like why don't you definitely evil um and so that's that's kind of the my my party got into this mode where um they just they didn't really want to deal with it the the good characters didn't want to have that and like you said my my group is much more active and makes decisions um Del would they're just... able. They're
0: they're able to let things go because that just like, hey, we'll walk away while you do what you need to do with the guy. Yes. Like, I, I, con Connie and slash James wouldn't do that. Like, right. he wants to be involved. Like, he he, he couldn't he couldn't just turn a he couldn't blah, he couldn't just turn a blind eye to the to the bad. You know. Right. And I'm not saying he would need to. Right. Like, I like that he's got the conviction and he knows who his character is, but. At a certain point, it begins to, you know, like slow down the game, or like create enough conflict that it is causing more trouble than it's, you know, worth for the sake of the character's story.
1: But that and and uh, that there is, but there is goodness in that conflict, right?
0: Yes, the, it's that, still productive and drives storage. character if,
1: growth. If we if we look at some of some if, again, if we go back to Appendix N and we look at some of the literature, um. There are that's that's that whole hero's journey, right? We go open up Campbell, um, and look at that kind of, you know, talking about these topics. Um, so, mur- so, you
0: said Appendix N? Yeah, Fafford and the Gray Mouser. Chaotic neutral. Um, I can pull the book off the
1: shelf. I believe they are chaotic good.
0: So right, so that how? But mm, mm, okay, okay. So I know all of our listeners. listeners. I'll pull the book. Sure, all of the listeners probably have not read that, nor would I expect or ask any of them to. If you have, you know what we're talking about. If you don't, Fafford is a barbarian, basically, um, from the like far north, and. Parents, or mom was all magic-y, so he doesn't like and trust magic. Um, and the Grey Mouser is a rogue, basically, who used some dark magic and is a little bit more agreeable to it, but ultimately is, is very self-sufficient in his uh, dexterity and other roguish ability. Um, but they don't, they don't rescue people or save anything. All they do is try to get rich. And drunk and laid. Yeah. Which is, that's neutral. So,
1: according to, I have Deities and Demigods from Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, published in 1980, written by James M. Ward.
0: Okay. One of of the founders of TSR. The The OGs, yeah.
1: Yep. So, OSR. Right back to the OSR. Fafford is a hero on page 81, and his alignment is listed as neutral good.
0: I don't buy it.
1: The Gray Mouser is on page 82, and his alignment is neutral.
0: Okay, I buy that one. Maybe Fafford is good, because he is trying to save the Mouser sometimes. But, like, I... and, And, again, people haven't... Read this. It's not going to make a lot of sense. I don't want to stay on it for much longer. But I, you mentioned appendix N, and it made me think because I'm pretty close to finishing the uh, the second book. There. Um, it's yeah. Uh, defining evil in your group is probably going to be the hardest part, and then after that, the rest of it is probably going to fall into place. Um, so if you have evil characters at your table as the DM or GM, how do you manage the evil at your table. And you you said this earlier on that evil does not mean stupid. Right. Even if it's chaotic evil, it does not mean stupid evil or chaotic stupid. Right. Just cuz you're evil, it it also doesn't mean murder hobo, you know? Like you think evil and it's like, "Oh, I can just throw a fireball in a shopkeeper's face if I want this item and it's like well no you're evil but you're not dumb like the town guard is still gonna try to arrest you and as evil and powerful as you might as narcissistic as you might be you probably have an intelligence score over 5 and could identify that you're not gonna beat 300 town guard by yourself like
1: now, the, now so I had a situation where a surface elf sassed Sir Quandor, oh, and geez. that's that's culturally right. That that is a cultural faux pas. That guy's getting his throat slit. It was a young lady, and oh, geez. um, and part of the Harper Wizard Confederation in Port oh, Double or, G's in part in Port Naranzaru. Well, we're just starting our adventure in um. And so, Quandor said, um, "You you have tried my patience. I will have your left eye before you're dead." Right? Not not okay. You've been, you know, I'm gonna kill you right now. I leap across the Darth table here. and
0: shove my dagger down his mouth. Like no, no,
1: no. But it was you know he he used the the racial slur, the drowish racial slur, Darth Rear, um, I had to explain that to my party because my party doesn't speak Drow.
0: Um, no, you've you've explained it on the show before too. Uh,
1: and Iblith—that's the other one.
0: Yep, that's um, the one.
1: So I apologize again for foul language and racial slurs in the podcast.
0: Uh, Fantasy racism, though.
1: Is still racism. My children have told me that fantasy racism is still racism.
0: It is. And we've, so it's, I I don't know. We're at like a touchy point in, you know, American history anyway. And we should just clarify that, like, we're not endorsing that in any way, shape, or form. But to acknowledge culture as it happens, I think is. Is the correct way to do it, right? Like right. identifying that we have had slavery in the past is how we know we won't do it again. Yeah. So, you know,
1: and and I know dark they're... elves
0: are just at a point in their historical timeline where they haven't tackled the social issue of racism yet.
1: Well, they're still wildly xenophobic because of their history, right? They were driven from the surface by a deity, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there's a whole there, there's a whole cultural memory and they they live for thousands of years. I mean, that's that's one of the things um, that's one of the things why I guess I still play um, those cultural tropes is because to me, Ooh, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't fit like I, I had this discussion with a friend of mine um, in a different forum. Uh, we were talking about uh Hasbro is changing some of the evil races in Dungeons and Dragons as as a response to some of the things that are happening in the United States around human race.
0: Yeah, there was a there's a big thing on Reddit about orcs be like somebody was like, Why are orcs described as evil? Like who wh-? and there was a whole like, well, when Tolkien first designed them there was a lot of speculation about different races being Analogs for re endorsing racism yeah. and all sorts of stuff, man.
1: So, so I, my friend and I, I said, look, I, I, I wrote out and I, I think I published it up on GameMeisters, but I, I wrote out a, um, kind of a theology of Lolf. And if, if you look, yes, you at, did. We, we put it in the show notes a couple shows back. We, we did put it in the show notes. And, and so if you have a religion based on the idea that, ultimate personal power is the pathway to salvation or to reward in the afterlife i won't say salvation cuz that's politically charged but if if i amass personal power so to nirvana i will i will achieve some kind of reward from my deity in the afterlife
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you start as, that's the core principle
0: right of of the lolf religion which mirrors a merit- well, I don't know if it's entirely a merit, but like perceptions of of islam and and Muslim faiths, like
1: corrupted i mean, if you look at pure Islam, it's actually very beautiful
0: yes no i'm 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 aware, I'm just trying to be sensitive to, sure. to commonplace beliefs, whether they're true or not, like but if you if you start with that axiom of the acquisition
1: and display of personal power is the greatest good. Then, of course, torture and murder. Like, if I torture someone, I am exhibiting my personal power over that person. Right. Right. That that's that's sacramental. That's sacred to a drow, and of course, to a human being, it sounds horrific. That's why. Right. That's vile and disgusting. Chaotic, evil. <laughs>
0: In, again, see, so that's part of why I I introduced the idea of evil in, like, the way that we're using it in a contemporary, modern way is very strongly influenced by, like, Judeo-Christian beliefs. Sure. But I I think if, if someone was
1: actually practicing the Loth religion and doing, torturing, taking slaves, torturing people... During uh, sacramental, as as part of their religious ceremonies, I, I think you would see a groundswell of humans trying to stop that behavior. Yes, I agree. Just like you see a lard, there is a group of people who would like to stop some of the violent, fundamental offshoots of Christianity, Islam. Right? I mean, but
0: that's why we that's why we identify like ISIS as is bad. Right, because
1: ISIS will—if if you don't say the right thing when they capture you, they decapitate you.
0: Sure. Or, it, or I, I, it's like the Hitler debate, right? But, like, Hitler probably believed that he was lawful good, right? Like, I, I think
1: Hitler Hitler accepted—Hitler was in this end justifies the means, right? We we will have a perfect human society if I can get rid of these genetic ne'er do wells. It's like eugenics, right? If, right. if I don't allow these these group of people to reproduce, the human animal, the genetic the genetic makeup of human beings becomes stronger. And in general, that is not accepted in polite society,
0: right? Which I think is pretty strongly influenced by Judeo-Christian beliefs. But again, we're not going to get too philosophical right. here.
1: But so, um, so when you're playing your evil character and when you're GMing for an evil character or an evil party, yes. It doesn't mean that you, hey, I found a beggar. I'm going to kill him. He's just a beggar. Yeah, but he's got a loincloth. This is why you suck that's... at video games, Mike, right? It, <laughs> right, I'm <laughs> evil. I can do what I want. That's you know I'm evil I can do whatever I want. Well, if you kill a beggar, um, people are going to be afraid of you. You're going to lose influence in the town. You're going to you know, your your social interactions are going to be damaged. I I saw
0: but- a uh, I saw an alignment chart this week where Cartman was chaotic evil, and I feel like uh, Car- Cartman Eric Cartman from South Park, and I feel like that is a perfect example of what you're saying. Where, like, even though you're evil, you still do things in a calculated specific way to to get under people's skin and achieve your sinister goals without getting yourself you know completely arrested or uh abandoned by all of your friends and family like he still manages to be a part of the in crowd, even though he's a shit, like right, yeah. No, and th- and
1: that's the I think that's the thing that's challenging, especially for a new DM, is coming up with reasonable consequences for the evil behavior, right?
0: Right, without like taking that character out of the story, like oh, the guards will arrest you, but you won't get to play for six months. So right, and and, do? and
1: <laughs> you know what what it, what are the, and sometimes it the answer is yes, the guards, the guards are coming to arrest you. You can either. And, and well, I'm a powerful, you know, I'm a warlock. I'm going to chaos bolt the crap out of them. Um, well, if you do that, you're going to start a, a a running battle through the city, which the evil character doesn't care about, but your party members may care about. Or they say, okay, you are a powerful warlock. Just, you're not welcome here. Like, you... Oh,
0: sure. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely s-
1: solutions to that. Yeah, and, and that's, some of those are hard to come up with on the fly when mm. an evil character is being evil yeah I, mean, I i did that to my with quandor we're talking about quandor i did that to my dm um where we're doing we're we're playing tomb of annihilation and we're we we're we're in the jungle and we're trying to stop the drugs right the drugs are coming into port naran's <laughs>
0: and you
1: want you want tear moving you talked about this one in i think we talked about this one and and and, and here's quandor Zavir uh with his 19 or he's a he's a cavalier so uh, it's what, charisma is one of his stats right mm-hmm. so he rolls a nat 20 it's like a 27 on his charisma check um, to talk to the people who are making the drugs by enslaving these toad this the toad primitive the pygmy toads right is it the, the kuotoa yeah the kuotoa so what does Quandor Zavir do? He betrays his Koatoa guide, uh, enslaves him to get more product, and starts becoming the distributor for the drugs while dating the monster we were supposed to kill.
0: Yeah, right. Talk about a loop for your DM. You and, talk about that one a lot more in an earlier episode. If you want to hear that full story, I think it's episode three or four. Or yeah, but right but at the recap,
1: and, and and my GM, to his credit, said, "Okay, fine." Like. Th- this is, you know, the if you're gonna channel these drugs to the underdark, because again, we were gonna get paid. Like, if we stopped the drugs coming into Port Naranzaru, we were gonna get paid.
0: Right, but you're gonna make money forever now.
1: <laughs> right. So I'm and and I'm exiled because <laughs> my aunt thinks I'm a dipshit. Here, I have a lucrative substance coming from the surface, which will be very rare in the underdark and fetch a f- much higher price. So I'm getting. My girlfriend gets more money for her making drugs, and I get money and prestige with the matron mother, and then the drugs don't go to Port Narenzaru, they go into the underdark. Like every it's a win Everyone win. win. Wins. Um, <laughs> that's what that's what Michael Scott would call a win win win. That's right, a win win win. The problem of course is the way the module is written, you're supposed to use the Krakatoa, (laughs) Kua-toa. Krakatoa. Krakatoa. You're supposed to use those (laughs) pygmy frog people as guides (laughs) during the hex crawl. So when we got to the hex crawl part of Tomb of Annihilation, it was uber painful because we had betrayed the guides and we couldn't get anybody to
0: guide us you so yeah we're we're talking about like reasonable consequences for evil actions, and that's a super good one, yeah um that kind of leads into uh my point here in managing evil, which is to like consider your inspiration for your evil character. We talked a little bit about this, and i I guess it should have been I should have identified that this was an earlier point um you know why are you playing an evil character, and then for the sake of your dm like what is the impetus for the evil is it a a amassing of power is it like Osric and he wants to to get his revenge is it a um you know domination dominion fantasy um part of evil uh could be that the character is being influenced by outside sources sort of forcing their hand um You know, it could be a warlock with a patron who is like, Hey, you need to bring me, like, eight souls of children or I'm taking your power away. Or it could be, like, if I I wanted to, right, if I wanted to turn Connie the Bard evil without changing his alignment, I could hold his parents for ransom and be like, You need to go murder a child for me to release them. And he would go do it. So, as a DM writing narrative for your players identifying like why a character is evil and as a player you're like you said it could be a redemption arc and they could start off evil maybe they're being manipulated or blackmailed and and they find their way out of that so you know evil doesn't have to be permanent and it also doesn't have to be the character's fault right mm-hmm. we talked about like having a, a big trauma history or, or this manipulation thing is, is really big, you know, characters can be manipulated to do awful things. Um, it could just be magic, right, in the case of a warlock patron, or just, like, global chaos, right? Maybe your character is chaotic evil, but you play them a little bit more neutral because they're just evil because there's chaos in the world, and sometimes it's easier just to kill the guy, but they're not, like, actively seeking world domination or treachery. They're just indifferent to the point of causing more harm than reducing. So um, for both the player and for the DM who's DMing the evil player, understand the impetus and the inspiration for the evil. You know, why did that player make an evil character and what do they want to get out of that experience? And I think that understanding those things both for the player and the DM will help create a better experience for everybody involved
1: yes and so are we ready to move on to other because we've been very kind of 5e D. yeah we have under... I, I
0: think we've covered most of like the the, the blanket points and i've been yeah. trying to be pretty system agnostic but if you have other systems you'd like to bring up now is now is the time
1: now the time so so 7c let's revisit 7c um sure there is you can't no, play
0: an evil character. You can't so, play an
1: evil character in 7C. In fact, if you do evil things, there's a mechanic there that allows the the GM to take your character away. You basically become a villain.
0: Yeah, it, th- th- there the, are mechanics built into that system to prevent players from being evil. So if you don't want to deal with it, as a GM, maybe play a 7C play instead 7C. of 5E. And and I mean, you should do that anyway, but
1: if if you do wind up with a corruption point that's the mechanic corruption if sure. uh, a corruption point is a 5 uh a five step story for for redemption like redemption stories in 7C are very very long
0: yeah um, so to to put that in perspective for like a 5e thing that's like like three levels worth of well i don't know is it like five it's not quite uh, a level equivalent, it's a little bit less. So, it, like, maybe three levels worth of XP? I,
1: I would say three levels worth of XP is probably right on the money. Which
0: is a lot, so... That's a long
1: time, right? Like, hey, I'm level yeah. six, and I did something bad, and, you know, I'm not gonna... I'm gonna have this taint on my soul until level nine. Like, that's a long... That's a lot of playtime. Yes, absolutely. Um So, so that's... that. That's there. Humanity and... Uh, the humanity score in Vampire: The Masquerade um, is another. Oh shit!
0: Of, I forgot about one that one. Yeah.
1: One of these mechanics, like willpower and humanity and vampire, um, and that's that personal horror. And yes, you could be an evil. You could be a a and a, there's no defined alignment in Vampire. Um, any of the Vampire World of Darkness games, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it encourages that exploration of motivation, motivating factors and social norms. And, um, it's, it's really, they're really brilliant games. Um, but you have that, like if, if I pop a hunger die, um, and I lose humanity, I'm going to do something bad and I might regret it. I, it might, it might psychologically, I, I might give myself psychological trauma and have to deal with that during the game right mm-hmm. i'm i you know I, i'm not feeding, right that be- that
0: becomes a central part of your role play now
1: right <laughs> and and that's the one of the purposes that that's why it's a personal horror role play game right cuz you need your character is going to be wrestling with this you know i killed my nephew my you know my nephew showed up to wonder why i wasn't going to family events and how come uh, i only call him at night and it's because i'm starving myself cuz i'm terrified of killing strangers and my nephew walks in and I have to make a frenzy roll when he cuts himself and I botch the frenzy roll and wind up killing him like that. That would create a whole new story arc. Um, yeah. not necessarily. And, but you, your character could say, you know what? I'm a vampire now. Like I'm not going to let it s- happens. It happens. Like in, in 50 years after, Everyone in my family is going to be dead anyway, um, mm-hmm. and in 150 years, no one's going to even know my name. So who cares? Um, so you could. That's really it that. Way. That's
0: really interesting, especially because you describe that as being like you. You mentioned and and that's you know the, the, this is the important point for me that that system Vampire the Masquerade doesn't have an explicit alignment section. Right? There's no you don't pick that right. when you make your character. And I think that that is, even though alignment is on the character sheet in many systems, uh, especially really common ones like 5e and Pathfinder and such, um, you don't have to nail yourself to that because, like we were talking about right at the beginning, and like I tried to explain at the middle, like, good and evil are entirely products of your perception of existence. And they you know you can judge each individual thought or behavior or pattern of actions as you know good neutral evil or in vampire you know it you you go from those moments that like murdering your nephew it, it it doesn't necessarily matter if that was an evil act or not it matters what you are going to do in response to that and I I wish and every every time we talk about other systems, I'm like, man, this one does this better than 5e. We should play this instead of 5e. Man, 5e is... Um, you, you get me a little bit farther away from it, because I don't like... Because my players do feel locked in by alignment, and I wish that they interpreted that, would perceive that as being more fluid, like judging each behavior or each response to some adversity as being what defines their characters instead of the two letters they put at the top of the sheet.
1: I I think there's, you gotta remember there's a lot of stuff going on in 5e and in right, Pathfinder. But it's the same, and right. And
0: it's stuff. the same thing though. Like you could have it be like, don't write an alignment, like just play what you are. You, you, you could do that. The problem is that there are mechanics based on alignment, right? Um, very, very few remain in 5e, but th- there are a couple.
1: Yeah, there there used to be more. Like in Advanced Dungeons and yeah, Dragons, for sure. uh, alignment factored into NPC reaction tables, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, even in three five, it was still pretty prominent.
1: Still pretty prominent, but
0: especially like, particularly for clerics, like poof.
1: But but I think people. I, I think it's the intent of the system, right? Like if if you pick up Dungeons and Dragons and play, you're kind of getting into that whole token Lloyd Alexander appendix N type story. It's very,
0: it's very archetypal characters. Yeah. Like, Oh, you're yeah. the hero. You're the villain. Right. And in vampire, it's much less like you're, you're not a hero or a villain. You're just a dude trying to wrestle with who you are,
1: who you are. And in werewolf, you, you, you have this lineage, Gosh. right? You, you're part of a family that has this job um, and it's not going well. <laughs>
0: and, and you've got to come to terms with that. Um, when we finish Seven C on Wednesdays, will you run Werewolf for us? I will run Werewolf for you. Yes. I feel like I want to play Werewolf. You have in the notes Rage Against the Establishment. Yes. And I feel like that's entirely what I need right now. <laughs> and and and
1: that is so so the the problem with Werewolf the Apocalypse and and I they're working on the five E. Werewolf the Apocalypse, or or the equivalent, right? Vampire the Masquerade, just had a fifth edition two years ago, last year. Who cares? Um, last year, yep. five years, five e is out. Actually, um, there's going to be a freebie five e uh, book coming out in December. It's a gift to the community. So um,
0: when that is a, out, we will put a link in our show
1: notes to our show notes for for that. Um, so I'm hopeful that there will be a new Werewolf the Apocalypse because. The original werewolf the apocalypse was written in the nineties, okay um mid to late nineties It is a story of a, a battle being lost right because we had just gotten through the nineteen eighties uh I'm a child of the eighties uh so uh I have fond memories of the nineteen eighties twenty years you know, thirty is it thirty or forty years later um yeah fracking's bad and um the 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 greed and and trying to acquire personal wealth at all costs. That's bad, right? Watch Austin Powers. The first Austin Powers Capitalism is bad. Right. Um I mean greed <laughs> you know back in the nineteen eighties it is but greed was good and capitalism right. There there are it's it's everything there there are no absolutes. It, ha- so, it hasn't changed. <laughs> cap, there right there are no absolutes. So there is good capitalism, just like there is right? good socialism
0: Ooh wow, okay, this is not a conversation I can have on this show. Right. But <laughs> th- there are very well, few absolutes. Lies and
1: slander. Um, in my mind. So for me personally, I find very few absolutes. But the, in the 1990s Werewolf the Apocalypse, things were not going well, right? Global warming wasn't a thing. Um, Al Gore hadn't even made uh, an inconvenient truth yet. Uh, it looked like the planet was going to implode and fall apart, and qu- megacorporations were going to run the world. Um, maybe
0: <laughs> Amazon.
1: <laughs> Amazon, right. Sorry, and, cool. And so, it's 2020 so, but, but now, back, so, back so back we have then, that. Back then, we had financial companies, and um, we had just started the savings and loan debacle, right? So massive banks and Walmart and and ExxonMobil... Um, were the the bad guys in the 90s right now we've got massive censorship on Twitter and Facebook we've got Amazon uh, Walmart I
0: Walmart's still the bad guy like
1: what? you know Walmart's driving mom-and-pop businesses out of out. so I'm really curious to see how that changes um, I don't I, I, I still think the the war that the werewolves are fighting to protect Mother Earth is just not going well for them
0: no, it's
1: not. <laughs> and and so I'm excited from a role-play game fan perspective that the new werewolf will be just as compelling and exciting as the old werewolf was. Um, but yeah, you I'm looking you, forward to it. it. It is. And and that's, you know, is is that and, and we talked about like th- there are tribes in in werewolf that have like zero respect for anything on two legs, right? Man, woman, child, um, even kinfolk, they'll even kill kinfolk, blood relatives of other werewolf tribes,
0: yeah, I don't know man if you're a glass walker, you can get ripped to shreds,
1: shredded, right, and I love playing glass walkers because Your glass walkers are werewolves city wolf,, Gosh. That, you, know, you love computers and and cars and no.
0: uh, ugh. but man, yeah no i'm I am hyped to play werewolf now, especially with you. this is gonna be good.
1: It it will be a lot of fun, but, but that's, you know, we talk when we look at evil, but that, that's that, you know, we're raging against the establishment and you start having these conversations of, I'm going to go murder everyone in this County. It's like, well, they're, they're farmers. It's like, it's a rural County of dairy farmers. Well, they're, they're cutting
0: down trees.
1: They're making maple syrup. They're only cutting the non maples.
0: Sounds like you. They cut, cut you down an ash tree. I'm gonna kill loose, them. Loose, but
1: it's like, whoa, stop! You know, really... <laughs> so so it just it's it creates those kind of that tension that we talked about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: These games thrive on that. Um, you just have to fi- have
0: a really good group where you can process that together, and either like agree to not take it too seriously, or like. Right be able to say in a moment when things are getting a little too heated like all right table it talk about it later move yep. on yep hey we're going to take a break <laughs> yep
1: and then in, in in Call of Cthulhu um again no set alignment but uh one of my fi- one of my friends said uh the only reason their character ever buys a gun in Call of Cthulhu is to commit suicide
0: <laughs> i mean uh,
1: and, and, that's and, probably
0: the most like most common use for firearms in that game. like, yes,
1: because you've gone insane and there's nothing you can do, and it's just hopeless and depressing, so you take your own life, which is it's arguably more dark
0: than good versus evil,
1: yeah. but but that's that's kind of people could perceive that as kind of evil your characters are are,
0: you're not about to try to convince me that suicide is evil in any way shape or. i'm not trying to convince that alone is
1: i'm saying that there is a population of human beings where that is not an acceptable behavior
0: yes obviously it's illegal so you know play the game or f you (laughs) like yeah i don't know i i have a, a lot of big problems with that, but I come from a psych and mental health background with my own struggles with that, so, like, I... I I don't know. I couldn't stomach the fact of thinking as... of somebody who wanted to escape something that they hate. It'd be like somebody who is, like, kidnapped by a psychopath and chained in their basement for 20 years finally gets out and you're gonna tell them, no, it's illegal to escape a situation you don't want to be a part of, and we're gonna make your life hell because you tried to get out of that like a- absolutely not sure like no.
1: yeah yeah that's that is definitely a different Sorry, approach I, to I, the just, I just can't
0: yep yeah
1: no and as you can tell as the listeners can tell from the very, very discussions we've had right I, I'm going to go back to your original point for, for a new GM if you don't want to deal with all of the nonsense I don't want to call it nonsense but Right, all of the deep thinking and discussions we've had in this hour and forty some odd minutes, like you We're can just actually had the players. an
0: hour forty and eighteen seconds.
1: Just you can tell your players no. Like <laughs> you know what? I want to sit at this table and roll some dice and beat up some goblins and save not up.
0: have to deal with all of this.
1: Save a village, and I don't want to have to mess around with all these deep philosophical conversations. So, no evil characters or we're
0: gonna play seventh C, <laughs> right? Problem solved. Problem solved. Yep. It's that easy if you don't want to deal with all of it. But if yes. you allow it, there is a chance, and it, you know, the, in the magnitude of that chance changes based on the people that you have in your group. Where I feel like your group has a pretty low magnitude to cause issues like this. My group has a fairly moderate to high magnitude chance of this. Mm-hmm. Where you you as the DM can feel it out if it's a group of people you haven't played. If it's your friends, you kind of know. Like, I kind of know when I do stuff that is ethically questionable that my party will have debates about it. Where if you're playing with a group of random people, maybe you just want to say, like, yep, no evil. I, I'm As the DM, I don't want to deal with it. And you have the right to do that in Session Zero the same way that you set other rules where you can say, you know, no cursing, no sexual violence, no whatever you want. So, um, big takeaway, as the DM, GM, Judge, Alien, Mother, whatever system you're playing, you can just say no.
1: Just say no. (laughs) Now you're channeling say, the RNG.
0: So, so while we're doing this, you could just say no to evil, which made me think of No Thank You Evil, which is a wonderful system for younger roleplay like this is No Thank You Evil is geared towards kids. I think it's ages like 6 to 12. Yeah. That is a very good like everyone is a hero. you're a a knight with a Pegasus companion who loves candy, and you're gonna go and stop the evil pickle like that's yeah, if you're looking for a, it's if you uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know why I thought of no thank you evil there, but um, well, because
1: we've been talking about evil for an hour and forty minutes,
0: yes. So, if you want a 7C, no evil characters allowed. No thank you evil. If you don't want to deal with the philosophies of evil and you're trying to play a game with your kids, or if you're a, a teacher or a counselor trying to run a game with a younger group, um, no thank you evil is, is a good way to do that, or 7C. Um, mouse think, Guard. Mouse oh, Guard. Yes. Um, blue Rose. Um, so, while we're talking about other systems, Aliens? Oh, alien. So, no, alien. So we
1: didn't have anyone in our group. Um, Well. But there are, there
0: are. Synthetics who are working against the party.
1: So, so yeah. So, so there's that, right? The conflict of I'm a, I'm a corporate shill and I need one of you to kiss that face hugger so I can get a xenomorph back to earth. Yeah. So, so I can make a million dollars. But that's,
0: again, I think that's part of that's part of that system if you decide to play like that, and it's a session zero topic. Like, right.
1: There's a session zero topic where you say, hey, do people want secret identities? Do you want secret roles? Um, do you want a
0: chance of a traitor or somebody right. betraying Do you want, like, a, do you want with that?
1: secret motivations, or do you want everyone to know everyone's motivation? God, and Michael, and Michael, do you want a Weyland-Yutani shill well. or not kind of thing? Um right. I was gonna say Numenera.
0: Ooh, that's a good one too. Well, everyone's kinda like neutral in that, right? Like it's more about exploration and learning than anything else.
1: Right. But if you're looking for if you're looking for a system where you don't have to where it's just not even on the table. Right. Right. Um you know, we 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 talked about systems where it's central to the game, vampire, Wraith. We didn't even talk about Wraith, but oh my god, that's a just a I, I can't even play that game.
0: That's all right. Table it for now, because we'll we'll have to talk. We should do like a World of Darkness episode.
1: Basically. We'll do a deep dive, World of Darkness deep dive. Um, sure. But yeah, so so there's that. That's that's the hey. We want to do with this every single session, every single minute of every single session. Oh,
0: and then... as if being a DM wasn't like, ta- I mean, it's not taxing, but like it it takes effort. And it, as if being nuts. a DM didn't take enough effort, go play wraith. Yeah,
1: and and but if you wanted the the opposite end of that, right, is no thank you, evil seventh sea, numenera, mouse guard, blue rose, um, and that Ooh. that takes so, you away.
0: gosh, I'm tr- I'm trying to get us towards like the outro here, but I have Woo. two more. I have two more systems that I want like a quick opinion of yours about. Sure. In terms of of dealing with evil, so first one is traveler. Is there evil in Traveler, or does it not even make sense because you're all, like, a Star Trek crew and you're trying to do good things? Like, or you all agree on a mission, right? So it could it, be evil?
1: It's like Call of Cthulhu, everyone. It's just, you're a person, there are laws, Um, it, it, and and the the universe is so massive in Traveler um, that if you're on a high-law-level planet and and you're like, man, I wish I could carry my pistol with me and hire a hooker um but he this goes you know, somewhere else on this world it's an authoritarian government with secret police and and <laughs> psi, you know psy police who are looking for impure thoughts uh impure. i'm gonna hop to the starport i'm gonna get on a jump liner i'm gonna jump six and you know i'm gonna do a couple of jump three jumps and hey i'm on a wild west planet um cool it's just it's just the world is so big that Unless, unless you are playing a specific on a specific planet with a specific law level, it just doesn't make a lot of sense.
0: Right. So it's just a, It's one of those like non. it's a non. Uh, non issue.
1: It's, it's a non-issue in the in the system. Sure.
0: And then. Well, I guess I've answered this one for myself, but I'm going to say it anyway because you love it. Paranoia, where you can't really be evil because the computer will get you right. So in paranoia. Everyone is evil. So, so in, eh, everyone's chaotic, right? Like, in, in well,
1: you're supposed to be lawful. You're supposed to obey the computer. So, is it no
0: like process. a lawful chaos? Like, do what you're told, but you do it in the goofiest, ridiculous ways. So, so it is. I I think it is because there's everyone, not alignment in that, right? Like, there's you're just not a alignment to do in a job.
1: Your your clone is just your clone, but you are out for yourself um and everyone else is out to get you so oh i i see that as because yeah if if i can screw you over and i can get your experience points like if i if i lie about you and turn you over to the computer i'll get experience points
0: and that's the one where in character creation you kind of screw your neighbor too right yes like I, right. if, if I, I if I take a plus 3, you have to take a minus 3? Yes, I have to take a yep. minus 3 and then I'll decide
1: which attribute I want to spend points in and then whoever's sitting to my left has to take two points out of that attribute. So
0: Yeah, so that does it does sound kind of maybe it, not it, explicitly evil, but it's going to create a degree of conflict that is comparable to having evil characters.
1: And the whole game is is that kind of dark humor um take that it's like playing munchkin oh yep right so so if i'm playing munchkin and i need you to help me i'll be nice to you unless sure. i unless i'm playing uh a, a race or or a car or unless i have something that compels you to help me and then i don't care right. i played this you have to help me and you're like great thanks a lot
0: um, yeah no munchkin definitely has an evil vibe. well yeah i guess in that selfish tone that would make paranoia yeah. a little evil as well so so, it's so very so, interesting
1: yeah, so paranoia is a hedon—it's a self-centered hedonistic. I'm looking out for me and only me, and and I have to. You're in and the computer. Well, of course. Well, who who wouldn't be looking out for the computer? What are you, some kind of traitor?
0: No, of course not.
1: Right. Well. I'm
0: you're the shoot. one accusing me maybe you're the traitor maybe i i w- would
1: never be a traitor but that's yeah it, it he, so it's he definitely... said never statistical anomaly detected zap him zap him uh so, <laughs> so that's yeah um in if you if you were talking like 5e alignment chart you are chaotic evil in paranoia
0: huh very cool So, a little bit of other system business. Uh, I'm just going to reiterate the takeaway that actually I learned from you this session, which is if you're going to play an evil character or allow an evil character at your table, make sure you know why the player wants to play that evil character. And that's going to be able to inform you as a DM, A, if you want to allow it, and B, how to manage it throughout the game.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Do you want to add anything else before I wrap it up?
1: Just say no, just say no say no like, to evil folks say, yeah so well so no, no don't because
0: you love evil that's not the that's not a good takeaway <laughs> no, so
1: if you're new if you're a new GM just say no um, don't
0: be afraid to just say no how about that
1: yeah don't don't be afraid to just say no because you are adding if you if you want that level of complexity in your game, go ahead uh, if you want to have a good time with your friends and not devolve into deep philosophical discussions, just say Maybe no. Maybe don't. Right? Yeah. Do, be aware. That's I guess that's what... Be be informed. Make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. Adding evil characters to your table is going to increase the complexity of your game by an order of magnitude. Definitely. So...
0: So... Oop, there we do you are. have one more? Nope, there, So it. there we are, he says. All right. Um... Yeah, that's going to do it. Man, close to two. I knew this one was going to be a long one. Thank you. I'm sorry for the uh, delay a day here, but this would not have been the quality that it was if we tried to record it yesterday. So, listeners, thank you for your patience, and Dad, thank you for your flexibility. Hey, no Um, worries, eh? Yeah, I don't know. This was super fun. Uh, this has been Set the Table, episode twenty-three. Thank you a whole lot if you tuned in or gave a listen. Uh, if you want to comment, feel free to do so wherever you are listening to do, listening to this, either uh, YouTube or Apple Podcasts are the places that I put it up. Um, if you want to ask a question to be answered on the show, or just want to interact with us at all, head on over to Twitter at jmscoda 5 or at red hoodie game. Excuse me, at red hoodie games. Um, and if you want to do anything more, than give us a listen or a like. Head on over to patreoncom skoda, That's S-K-O-D-A, um, where even a single dollar helps a whole lot, and you get access to a patron uh, Discord, patron channel in our Discord, as well as access to the Discord. So if you want to just hang out, play some games, uh, ask questions get early updates about what the next show topic is going to be or anything else that we might decide to do in the future um, head on over there and i have one last thing to mention that i will mention to you mostly dad jack yeah. um, is that our one-year anniversary for the show is coming up i think it's going to be two episodes but we'll have to look at the calendar to figure it out next show we will definitely let you know um, about the one-year anniversary episode and what that is going to entail, and if we do anything fun and/or special for that. So stay tuned, and if you have been listening at all throughout this first year, we appreciate it a whole lot. So we'll, um,
1: we'll pull Bob and Doug McKenzie in and do the episode in the nude, eh? <laughs> yeah,
0: yes, our audio-only episode, and we'll just tell you we're nude. That's. Um, <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for episode 23. Thanks a whole lot, and we'll catch you next time.
1: Good day, eh?